Recording in progress. Okay. It's going to be a great time. Oh, boy. Okay. Does that sound interesting? Cool. Damn, I look so good. Ah, let's just wait. You ready? Four hours later. Yeah. Dear Tech. Oh. That like, made me tired. Welcome back to the Dear Tech Podcast, and today we're asking, Dear Tech, so the sky fell, what now? Fran, what now? (laughs) Hold on, let me call my therapist and ask. Um, Uh, That's a darn good question. Um, So, uh, wait, so essentially... So essentially, like we uh, we had a previous episode, is the sky falling? And that was more so about the economy and getting laid off and stuff. So I think this one we're heading more towards, you know, after getting laid off, what's what do we do? What does one do next? Right? Yeah. Um, I think it's a great follow up. And I think first off, I really kind of just wanted to jump into first off the effects of layoff and talking a little bit more about that experience what it's like, what people are likely dealing with. Um, I know you and I are both in jobs right now and haven't been impacted by layoffs since the pandemic, but so many of our friends, former colleagues, people we've worked with past and present, um, so many people we know have unfortunately been impacted by layoffs and we all see it on LinkedIn every single day. Like we just saw a number of companies within the last week have more layoffs come out. So first I really just wanted to kind of talk about how you deal with that type of experience, what's going through people's heads, how different people are dealing with it. Like I've seen, I don't know about you, but I know I've seen on LinkedIn um, a lot of people in different places of how they're reacting to that experience. I've, I've seen a lot of people talk about um, making posts and reminding themselves and their peers, like this isn't tied to your value or your worth. So remind yourself of that. I think it's a lot of people, it's like you, you start to doubt yourself or have self doubt about your capabilities and your skills, but you're reminding yourself that it's not about your skill. It's not personal. Um, I've seen people have very, very personal posts on LinkedIn about, they've had, they've been looking for jobs for six months and they have kids to feed and their bills are piling up and they don't know what to do. And people have been getting desperate. It's been really intense. So I kind of wanted to just initially start talking about that, hear your thoughts, what you've seen, what you've heard. That That's true. So LinkedIn and, and, you know, we, it used to be that it's not, but it used to be the, the, the better social media in terms of it didn't feel like a drain. It wasn't people showing off. It wasn't just, I have money or I have X, Y, Z. It was just work and jobs and I'll help you get a job. And it was very, in my opinion, a happy place. It was my happy place to an extent. And I feel like a lot of recruiters might think that. Um, But now it is, and I think you and I have this conversation at least, you know, once every other day that it is so depressing uh, and sad. And it's because it's just everyone, not everyone, but the layoff posts outweigh the, I got a new job post, the promotion post, the, Hey, this event was awesome post more than 50% of the posts today are layoffs. Right. Um, and even, you know, people who aren't laid off, it, it increases their anxiety, right? It increases everyone's mm-hmm. anxiety. And it's, it's definitely a, you know, it, it kind of seeps into, and I don't know if I'm right or not, but I feel like LinkedIn, it's a, it's a phenomenon that now that's seeping into other companies' cultures. Because back in the mm-hmm. day, it was water cooler talk in your own water coolers. Now, you know, company X's water cooler talk seeps into your water cooler, right? Yeah. So it's affecting your culture. So I think that, and outside of that, yeah, the self-worth thing is huge because, you know, especially when there's mass layoffs and it's not like you got laid off as a one zero or two zero, which does happen as two, but when you have mass layoffs, 
you know, and I, I was laid off at the beginning of 2020 during COVID. There is a good stretch of time when you're sitting there and you're like, I got laid off, but person X didn't get laid off. Like, how far was I from the line of getting laid off? What could I have done better? And you have to realize, like, nine times out of 10, it was almost drawn out of a hat, right? It was almost, it was like, oh, there's these two people that are doing functions that maybe one of them can do. And they like, they're not saying they flip a coin. I don't know what the your company's, you know, idea is to do that, but they might as well because your your work wasn't, it's not because you weren't good because then you would have been fired. It's different. It's a different thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's nerve wracking. It definitely is. And it takes a while to get over because it is grief and it has to be processed. But the other thing is um, when you do get laid off, it's almost, and we've used relationship analogy before for, for certain things about jobs, but you know, very many times people want to rebound, right. And get the next job as soon as possible, take whatever they can. Um, and, and that's something that is needs to be addressed too, is that, you know, obviously you need to take care of your family, but is taking the, what the first thing that comes up always the, the answer. So the stuff that we can, we can get into in a bit, but yeah, what's it getting laid off is definitely nerve wracking. Looking at it at LinkedIn is definitely nerve wracking. Um, but definitely one thing that I will say, one thing that you should not do, I'm going to go ahead and say it because I've seen a couple of these less now, but in the beginning of the, this year, maybe at the end of last year, I saw it a few times where people were like, oh yeah, like 30, you know, 3000 people got let go from my company. I'm blessed that I wasn't one of them. And it's like, yeah, that's not a post you need to make, right? Like if you didn't get laid off, shut your mouth and yeah. just be grateful on your own time. Don't, um, don't do that. But, but I definitely have a lot of seen a lot of, um, posts of, not having worked for six months, but I will say over the last two weeks, I've seen a decent number of an uptick, if anything, of people saying, Hey, I just got a new job after being laid off for like not working for three months, six months. So I don't know if that's a sign that, that things are shifting around. I, I'm not going to say that it, or it is or it isn't, but there has been a decent number more recently for me that I've seen the people getting jobs. So that's exciting. Yeah. Do you, I, I agree with that. And I think I, I think you can have gratitude for your situation while reading the room and the room being LinkedIn and not needing to post about that, depending on the context. Um, but I was going to ask you from what you were sharing before, depending on how, how personal this is for you, do you mind sharing about your experience when you got laid off, what you were feeling, what you went through and what steps you took after that? Yeah, we can talk about that. Um, so besides binge drinking and all the unknowing, <laughs> tell yeah. us your authentic experience. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'll be I'll be transparent. So, so it was March 2020, I think. I'm pretty sure it was around that time. So just as pandemic right was at this peak, yeah, damn, or start. yeah, just just as it was starting up, um, we had basically yeah, it's probably after that's probably like April actually, mm. April May. That actually makes more sense. Um, yeah, because I actually know I mixed it up. So I got Kobe in March. I got my dog in March. I got laid off in May, right? So I'm at two M's. I got laid off in May and I was working at an agency at the time. And um, we had been remote for the first time ever. And agencies traditionally hate the word remote, right? Agency <laughs> recruitment. So there was a, it was a transition for them. But work had slowed down a lot. Um, and, you know, it was it was something that they were looking at and they were letting go of a bunch of people like they let go of people in different offices and everything and and i was one of the people that they let go of in the dallas office at the time um and if if i'm being honest initially it was a mixed bag of feelings because i was kind of before covid hit late 2019 i was already looking mm. um and so when i got laid off I was stressed out because I was like, I need to make rent and all this other stuff. And I was actually looking to buy a house at that time. So that was another thing. But I was also like, okay, but, and we didn't know what the pandemic was. We didn't know what was going to yeah. happen. Um, so I was like, okay, like I'll just, you know, I'll find a job right away and it'll be fine. Um, and so what I initially did was what everyone does. I think uh, not everyone, but many people do, unless you have a really big, uh, savings account, you were kind of thinking this might happen. But if you're not, you're like, okay, I got to find a job today. Right. So what I did was I went out there and I applied to every job I could find that had the word recruiter in it in Dallas. And I went crazy. 
Um, and I applied to a, a few big companies. I actually had a few interviews with some companies that were that were really cool. Um, and the companies that I was interested in weren't interested in me. And the companies that I was like indifferent about or maybe even not so excited about, those were the ones I was getting call, callbacks from. Um, and I even got to a point with two companies where I was like near the offer round. Okay. Um, there's one, and there's one, the problem was also when you have multiple quote unquote offer situations, even if they're all not great offers, you'll, you will take the one that's the least crappy because you're not thinking about the, what else is out there. So luckily the least crappy one did not give me an offer. They changed their mind. They're like, you know what? We're not going to do what we were initially planning because this COVID mm-hmm. thing seems like it's going to be longer than three months. <laughs> um, and the offer I wasn't excited about was ready to make an offer, but it was like, it just, it just didn't feel great. So I didn't take it. And basically around that time, my lease was wrapping up and I didn't renew the lease cause I thought I was going to buy a house and I just didn't, I was, it was really like a standstill moment for me. Um, and it was probably one of my lowest moments because after that, I thought again <laughs> that I w- it was going to be a short time. So I was like, you know what? I'll stay at an extended stay of America for like a couple weeks and then I'll figure it out and I'll move into a new apartment. So I took all my furniture um, and I put it in storage and I moved into this extended stay America. And I'll tell you, Fran, if I'm being honest with you, my close friends know this, that was probably the scariest moment of my life when I actually moved in. Uh, I'm a very positive person. And, but I remember one of my best friends called me and he was like, how are you? And I was like, for the first time he's ever heard me say, I was like, I'm not okay. Because I just didn't know what I was doing. My dog's crate that I have wasn't fitting in this extended state America. That's how small this place was. It wasn't opening up. Uh, And he was such a good boy during that time. It did not give me any problems. Uh, And I had a really good friend in Dallas who the, the day that I moved in, the next day he was flying to Chicago for something for a week. And he, he offered to have me move in with him for a little bit. He had a two bedroom. He was like, just come stay. And I just, I was being prideful and he left and he came, he comes back a week later and I'm like shook, right? I'm at this point, I'm so shook. And he's like, dude, just come live with me. I was like, sure. I'm not even going to like, as soon as he said it, I was like, you could have said it earlier, bro. I'm ready to move in. Um, but from that point, after I like kind of was able to take a step back and reassess everything, um, things kind of changed. And then I decided to take a break and then I found an apartment to move into. And it was a whole other thing. But that initial shock, I just consistently made not great decisions because I was, it didn't turn out the way I thought it would. I thought, okay, I was laid off. I'll get another job. I'll start working. And then as things started happening where I didn't get the jobs that I wanted initially, I turned down an offer and then it was like, Ooh, this thing is lasting a little bit longer than I want it to. Um, It kind of started to spiral. And then, and then we can get to what I did to actually get a job, but that was, mm. I basically took one year off of work, but that initial shock was very scary. Um, and it, it just was, it's because, and the, and the issue is, and I think Mike, Mike Tyson has a quote, right? Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the <laughs> face uh, or punched in the mouth. And that's exactly what it was because when I got laid off, I had a plan and then I got punched in the mouth and I kind of froze. Right. Mm. So um, Yeah. That's that's how my layoff experience went. Thank you for sharing. My um, the optimist in me would challenge your uh, perspective on the mistakes you made in the beginning. That those weren't mistakes, or maybe they were mistakes, but they led you to where you are today. So they were necessary. Oh no, I agree. Oh, I absolutely agree. I, I will even yeah. say to, as much to say that even though that week that I stayed in the extended stay was is to date was the scariest time where I was like, I, I felt homeless. Right. Yeah. But I wouldn't change it. I really wouldn't because that, that entire year that I didn't work and that one week's perspective of how blessed I actually mm. am. Cause that's what that did for me. Right. Because, you know, like if I really didn't, if things really didn't work out, I was blessed enough that I had several other options I can move back with my parents. I can do all these other yeah. things. But that week gave me perspective on, you know, there there are people that didn't have those options. Didn't get to your audio swapped again. Sorry. No, it's not your fault. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to break something I'm trying to figure out what. 
Um, I know it's it, it came back now, but it's like, no, I know, out. I know it came back, but it's flip-flopping and I, I really need it not to do that. And so I'm going to, do you know why it's doing that? Like I don't. Does? And it's, it's, it's very new thing that's happening. I'm going to try one other thing. Okay. Sorry. Um, And actually, so ironically enough, I might even not edit out some of this stuff because some of it is just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's working. Can you hear your own echo when you talk? No, I'm echoing. No, no, I'm asking you now because I just just took off my earpods. Oh no, I don't hear an echo. Okay, solid. Let, let's go. Um, okay. back to your regular scheduled programming, y'all. Um, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, but anyway, yeah. So what I was saying was, I think that that perspective be helped me make better decisions later, but also mm. I think it also made me. The person today that I am in the sense that like gratitude is my number one default setting in my brain. And it's because of that week of living scared for a week. Mm. Yeah. Outside. Thank you for sharing all that, by the way. Um, outside of that perspective shift, what like in hindsight now, what Tools, experiences do you think helped you get through that time after being laid off, whether tangible or intangible? I think so I, I, I want to what I'll say is and the and the so and I'll earlier when we were talking about this topic you know, I was saying that I don't know how great I feel talking about it because everyone's experience in this is, is different. Right. Yeah. And me being, you know, a single guy with a dog, my, me saying certain things won't resonate with someone who has a family to feed. Right. And I'm, and I'm yeah. hyper aware of that because again, a part of that gratitude is like, if I say, Oh, I just kept a positive attitude. Like the fuck is that going to do for someone who has to feed a family? Right. And um, so you know, and I'll answer your question, but again, I, I want to make sure that um, for for someone out there who is going through this experience, but has significantly more responsibilities, like we feel for you, uh, and hopefully we can we can share some stuff that'll help. But for me personally, um, the initially I just I made sure, or let's jump back to hindsight. I think in hindsight. I, what I would have done more of was taken a step back and gave myself some time to process because I really did start applying right away um, and kind of like a fish out of water because I was, I've never been out of work before. Right. And um, mind you at that time, unemployment for COVID was pretty sweet. If I'm being honest, right. It was like, it was like a thousand something dollars a week. Um, so that was, that was one thing, but at the same time, I'm also someone who finds value of themselves in their work. Mm. I don't like um, as much as my friends, we have a joke that I, I like being lazy. I really, I don't in the sense that I do like accomplishing things. So mm -hmm. one is taking a step back, reevaluating where you're at. And then from there, you have to see what you need to do. And what do I mean by that? You may, depending on your situation, need to get a job as soon as you can, in which case you do that. Right. You go out there and you find out what jobs you can do and you make a spectrum of this is the job that I'm qualified for. This is my dream job. And this is a job that I can do that I'm not excited about, but it'll pay some of my bills. Right. And you go out there and you find the job that you can get. And then after that, you can take a step back again and value it and be like, all right, now that I have this job, let's look for the job that will replace mm -hmm. the career that I stepped away from. Right. Yeah. Like for me now. Um, again, knock on wood, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a recruiting manager and honestly, I'm very proud of that job. I love doing it. Um, but if I got laid off and I had a family to feed, I would go back to being a recruiter, right? That we would all have to, if we had to, we would do that. Even though our first thing is, especially for you and me, we enjoy leadership. We enjoy that extra aspect of the job, but you know, if, if you don't have that luxury, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I think those are really good points. I think that like, um, makes me like, I think stepping back is really important too. Like I've seen so many, and again, this is not judgment, not right around, but I've seen a lot of people post immediately day of that they've been affected by layoffs. And then I've 
also seen people post like a week or month out that they've been affected by layoff and share their different experiences. And I, I can only imagine myself in that situation being like my brain being in fight or flight mode and not being able to think in my like normal, like baseline of logic. And so trying to take action immediately wouldn't be allowing me time to like process my feelings and the emotions of being laid off. Um, so I resonated with that for sure. Yeah. And, and I think it's everyone like we all want, we all, as much as change is constant, we don't want it. Right. Like unless we decide it to happen, we don't want it control of it. Yeah. Right. Unless it's in your control. So when something like this happens, um, you almost you want to make like a flow chart like what should i do next type of thing where it's like all right you get laid off on hopefully not a friday because that's horrible but let's say on a monday right and you get to finish two weeks and then you get another month or two of severance right and this is like i'm just i'm guessing i'm hoping that's the kind of policies your company has let's say you have a month of severance so you work two more weeks and then a month of severance well then guess what the 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 beauty of it is you have roughly a month to to take a breath, right? So you have a couple of weeks, you have a week to do nothing, sleep, cry, eat your ice cream, do what you got to do. Then you have a week to process. Then you have a week to brush up your resume. Then you have a week to start applying, right? After that, yes, it gets a little bit tighter. And again, if you've been at a company longer, you have a little bit more of a runway. Um, regardless of all these things, you got to give yourself each of those stages so that you're not, either making bad decisions or you're not overwhelming yourself. Cause another thing you don't want to do is get halfway through an interview process. And then you're just, you didn't give yourself time to process. And then you're almost at an offer with a job. And then you like have like a panic attack or something. Cause that happens too. Right. It's like mm -hmm. all these different things, but yeah. So for sure. Yeah. Stages of grief. Um, so, okay. Setting the ground we're here kind of on the emotional state and mental state and how, we all experience and hearing your experience about how we um process our emotions after layoffs and like immediately after being um, impacted um i would also say for everyone listening like if, if even from what you shared like takeaways obviously like leaning into your support groups like your network your friends your family like those are those times when you can like lean on people if you have a therapist if you have a dog like whatever your thing is like lean in to your to your family and your crew and your people um like it sounds like obviously you had some awesome people in your group who supported you during that time um and do what you need to do to process um it is it, it's a it's a really tough experience and then once we have gotten past that point let's talk about like next steps like diving into more what do you think are different um, aspects or stages people should be thinking about on finding their ne next job in a market like we have today? Like I, it sounds like, and I, from what I remember back in, you said 2020 or 2021? 2020. My like perception of dates and time is so warped. Um, so back in 2020, the market I think was a, li a little more uh, lively for recruiters than it is today what um what different like factors and items would you be thinking about when you're taking action to find your next job so initially 2020 actually was just as bad for recruiters because all the companies mm -hmm. around like summer oh we went on pause didn't we in yeah. the summer everyone was like oh shoot like this might be long term get rid of all your recruiters right um, and then immediately they were like, nope, we need all of our recruiters back, right? It, it, it was a good, I think that recruiting started picking up towards the end of the year. So it was like mm, everyone got laid off yeah. May, June, and then everyone was getting picked up at the end of the year or, or whatever that was. Um, but I think right now, because the thing is right now, the, the one thing that we have is uncertainty. That's the one thing that we really don't know. You know, I'd love to say Q3, Q4, or, or even this summer, we should have recruitment pickup for companies. But literally, there was a there was companies doing layoffs again last week, right? Like and this um, week, yeah. And the, yeah, like I saw like Disney and Pixar, some and people. So some of these people are, they're losing their dream jobs, right? Which is yeah. what's heartbreaking. Um, but I think it, it, when you're laid off in a in a in a time as uncertain as this, 
you have to take a second, in my opinion, you have to take a second and just separate the word job from the word career, right? And the reason I say that is, um, though I'm not a proponent of um, rebounding, like I mentioned earlier, and I, and I really don't think one should do that, it, depending on your situation, you might need to do a version of that. So if you, again, if you have a family that you need to support and you have a house payment and you have bills um, and you you got laid off, take a second, take your time to process. You're going to have to do it. There will be a severance because most companies are, you know, unless your, your company is really, really small, oh, there's. <laughs> right? Yeah. And if, and if there isn't, you know, look, then, then you, but you still need to process, right? Yeah. So that's the first thing. Um, but yeah. So if you're someone who has those, those things that you need to take care of, then you might need to take a job that's not going to better your career might, right. Depending on what part of tech you're in. Um, if you know, cause sometimes you want to, you are a, you know, very senior engineer, but you're, you're getting a job, you know, that's via maybe, you know, a third party company as a, as a contractor, right. And your, your, your rates a lot lower and you might need to do that just to, just to tie the bills along. And maybe again, it might hurt you still. You might, your debt might situation might not be better, um, but you might have to. So I think that's one of the things is understanding that you might need to take a job that won't better your career. And that's okay. For a little while, that's okay. Because look, the economy will get better, right? And, and I shouldn't, people be like, oh, you, you don't know that. But like, just historically speaking, it'll get better. It's a cycle. Yeah. So if you have to do that, you have to do that. Um, or if you're in a position where you're, you don't, you know, you're, you're in a little bit better situation than that, and you don't need to get a job right away, then, um, or even if you're, you're not either way, actually, because if you're not working, you should be doing stuff during your day that helps you get a job or helps you better your career. Um, so what do I mean by that? Can you take a course? Probably you can. Can you, you know, learn new things and, and it doesn't have to be paid stuff. You can do it on YouTube. Like there's options, but that's one. Can you go to networking events, right? Can you go to, can you go to meetups and meet people and, and talk to people? So all those things happen, but either way you have to be flexible. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Like I, I've definitely, I'm the kind of person who, uh, thinks about all the terrible scenarios that could happen. So I'm prepared, which isn't necessarily the healthiest thing, but it helps me be prepared. So I was like, for myself, I definitely think in the technical recruiting space, I definitely would like, it's looking at, okay, is there another industry that I could move into? Is there an IC role that I could take on? Um, is like, even like, would I take like a waitressing job, like just to get cash and have tips while at the same time, like in tandem, looking at upskilling, like, are there courses I can take? Just like you said, like networking events, um, like working on my resume, reaching out to people. Um, there's definitely, I, I like the, the point you made about flexibility. Like I've seen so many people, um, from like software engineers to QA analysts who've been like consistently tied to media and tech companies their whole life. And they're shifting into legal finance, uh, healthcare, like they're shifting into other industries that are hiring right now. So I, I, I do completely agree. Like the element of flexibility as much as you can is really important. Um, I do also, I was also thinking about the point of, like, we've been talking about this so much, um, with my boss right now. And, and this has come out so much in the industry and the roles that we're hiring for the element of, um, AI and ML the machine learning and how it is, uh, integrating its way more and more into all functions of our industry and the necessity to, upskill yourself to be in line with how the market is shifting and the um, level of automation that's taking place in jobs. So if you're not kind of thinking about the element, if you're not upskilling and um, utilizing those technologies, you're going to be out basically 
your skill set is going to be ex- expired at some point. Um, so just another kind of thought we I was thinking about. No, for sure. And I, well, I think one thing that's great about the industry that we're in, like tech in general, if you're if you're in tech and you're good at your job, then there's a decent chance that you're curious about this stuff anyway. Even if you're not technical, right? Even if you're a PM or a BA, you're in you're in tech hey, because hey, there's technical PMs and BAs. Hundred percent for everyone 100%. who's listening. Yes, there are. And I see tech, you. And technical PMs and BAs, no, but there are non-technical PMs, <laughs> non-technical BAs, manual yeah. QA testers. But these people are also in tech, and if they're good at their job and they're serious, they're usually very much into learning about this stuff, reading mm-hmm. stuff, listening to podcasts, stuff like that. Um, so the the beauty of it is, even if you're not laid off, right, you should be keeping your your axe sharp, right? That's a whole mm-hmm. other conversation, but it's true. And most of, and you know, again, as an industry, I would say tech is in there, right? Tech is, is, is an industry as a whole that um, continues to, to learn uh, as a workforce. Um, but I think, yeah, I think when it comes to where we are in, <laughs> where we are in history, when it comes to key, you know, open AI and all the, all the AI mm-hmm. stuff that's happening. Um, yeah. You definitely want to be aware. You definitely want to be in it and, and learning. Um, but especially if you just got laid off and you have all this extra time, you know, make sure you show, new employers the value of that time that the value you're making of that time right um and you know that i've seen i've seen people and this isn't during the recent situation but even before someone on their resume was like oh i got laid off in 2008 uh a tech person was like and i volunteered at this place at this like local school board ma- administering their it for mm. free i was I, I did that for like six months mm-hmm. that's not that they didn't that wasn't their job but that was that's still experience and it's still like oh shit this person you know it was it was doing something right again yeah they they went from that to fears later now they're a salesforce salesforce you know developer or admin or whatever and it's not a one to one comparison but it's like okay like they did something right um and then during my uh during when i was laid off in the middle of it i tried starting a startup and again that was me partially like it was me and two other people and we, they actually came to me to do it. But again, it's not one-to-one, but it's still industry experience. I was still out there talking to people about recruitment at that time, right? In, in one way, shape or form or, t- or t- trying to figure this thing out. So I think, what are you doing with that time? Um, and it, it, that's, that's just a question that you'll have to answer. Yeah. I think um, I was trying to think through some like additional like nuggets and, and things that I've heard and seen have thought about that have worked for people during this time. If you have been laid off and different aspects that you can th- be thinking about, um, and this is more granular, but it's something that I, I posted about, I think of like maybe a month ago or two, and I've heard a lot of people talking about is just the importance of networking. Like in today's, like the reality of, of our job market in the tech industry is, so many functions and job postings that are out there are seeing like a exponentially higher number of applicants than, than we have historically because of the layoffs. So even more important than ever, I think than ever before in a lot of circumstances is networking. Um, I think, I think a good chunk of people are aware of this, but in case you're not so many companies out there, financially incentivize their employees to provide referrals. Every single company I've ever worked at has most large organizations. I don't, I don't personally have a ton of experience or knowledge in the startup space, but I know so many organizations financially incentivize their employees to refer candidates. And if the person you refer is hired, you get a sign on bonus, like sizable in the thousands oftentimes. So what I recommend to people who are applying are go on LinkedIn, do a search. Like you have your job notifications coming up. You see a job that you're going to apply to go on LinkedIn, do a search of that company. See if you have any first, second, third connections and reach out to those people directly. Now, typically you'll see anyone within talent acquisition or HR is going to be exempt from that payout. I would be, spending like 10 hours on the weekend to get like an extra five grand in bonuses if we were not exempt. Um, so if I were you and you're not in the TA space or 
um, HR space for careers up right now. But um, so with that in mind, if I was someone who's looking for a job, go do my job search, get your notifications. I see a job I'm interested in. First, go on LinkedIn, see if I have first, second or third connections, reach out to that person, craft your message, make it short, succinct and direct um, and include the job that you're applying to and ask that person to refer you. Though that Those people will literally get financially paid out if you get the job. So that would be one little tidbit I would recommend for anyone listening. Um, and if you don't have any connections, try and find someone at the company who is on a team or close to the team or even literally just like a random person, but I would try and find some tie, whether it's like you're in the same city as them, or you're in a similar function, or you have a similar interest, try and find some tie to make it more relatable when you're reaching out to them, but reach out to people and ask for a referral because they are financially incentivized to refer you. I would make a little tweak because, so there's, there's one, uh, the, Cause just because sometimes if you, if you go into it and just ask for a referral on the initial message, some people are like, Oh, like, or cause if they're getting mm. a lot of those or you're just like, Oh, you're just trying to use me. Mind you, they are getting, they would get <laughs> compensated, but sometimes that doesn't even click. So yeah. what I, I did that actually, I did a few times. What I did was if I saw a role that I, that I liked and I had a first or a second connection mm-hmm. um, with thirds, it's a little bit different and you might be better off just saying, Hey, like, can you Hey, I know your sister's grandma's brother's <laughs> cousin. Exactly. Um, or the hiring manager's grandma. Um, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. But what ends up what, what you can do is, and this is I've done this a few times, is hey, hey, person X, I saw a role at your company uh and it looked really interesting to me, but I'm I'm kind of curious to know what it's like working at your company. Can we have a chat about mm. it? Have a video call with them or a phone call with them. And and look, you really are applying to this job, so you genuinely should have some good questions about working at this company. Ask those questions at the end nine times out of 10, they'll be like, Hey, is there anything else I can do for you? Right. Or they'll ask you, do you need a referral? Right. If they don't, you can ask them, but if they don't, it's fine. And you could, you just got a whole bunch of good information. You can ask them, which is, and, and I don't think they'll even mind it. Cause I think you'll be like, Hey, like by any chance, do you do referral codes? Is there a referral bonus? Cause I'm going to apply anyway, but I'd love if you can get a referral, like it would be better for me too. Yeah. Um, And that would be great. But I think, if if you go into it and not even mention referral and just say, hey, can you just tell me about your company? One, they'll be very honest. I had I had a friend of mine who moved to Seattle, worked at one of the companies in Seattle. You can narrow it down to which ones. Um, <laughs> and I asked them about the work culture. They were very transparent. I actually didn't apply to the company because I was like, ah, that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, that's the beauty of it. And then the second part also is, yeah, at the end of the call, They'll probably ask you. And if they don't, you can ask me like, hey, like, is there a referral program for your company? I know they usually do bonuses. If there is, I'd love to do it. I'm going to apply anyway. What do you think? Um, but no, friend, I 100% agree with you. Networking, even if you're, even if it was, for the rest of my life, my jobs are going to be coming from networking. Like, that's just the way that yeah. I think. Every you, single job I've ever gotten has been by leveraging my network. That's the best way to do it. It's almost like, I don't know why I, I make uh, finding a job equivalent to dating. I, I have no idea why I do that, but I do. Um, and in this case, it's like meeting someone through friends. It's an automatic mm. stamp of approval that this this company is decent, right? It's decent enough for me to work there, so it's decent enough for you to work there, right? And and very rarely uh, will someone whose opinion I trust not tell me ahead of time, be like, "Hey." company sucks don't come mm-hmm. here i'm leaving um most of the time people that are that you trust will be very frank with you so no networking is the best ever um and i think especially now that that um covid restrictions have lightened up especially because i remember some of the networking events that i used to go to before as a recruiter in texas they had closed down and become virtual and stuff and it mm-hmm. wasn't as fun now they're not that anymore right so now you can go places and have a dinner you know, have a couple of drinks, meet some people, and it's and it's a very social event. So I think networking events, meet up, look on Facebook, look on LinkedIn. Um, but networking, even outside of just work, in anything you're trying to accomplish, I think networking is the secret. It's really yep. the way to because you know what they say, right? Like if you 
you hang around alcoholics all day, you'll become the sixth. Like five of them, you become the sixth. If you hang out with millionaires all day, you become the the next one. Really? Mm-hmm. Shit! I need to change my. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> all of Fran's friends. I know y'all are listening. <laughs> I love you all. <laughs> um, no, but the people you are who you hang out with, and, and yeah. so I think networking is 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 a big part of that. So I definitely agree with you on that one. I need to go find some millionaires. <laughs> They're, they're cool. They're cool to hang out with. Um, <laughs> as if, as if I'm hanging out with millionaires all the time. Um, all right. So no networking is definitely the the big one. Um, I was going to say, so we talked about like classes and certification. So I used to have a thing where I, where I used to talk about like going back to school and and it's a thought that I had when I first got laid off too. I was like, should I go get a master's just cause just cause I wouldn't have to think about life if I did that. Um, but what do you think? What do you think about getting like another degree? If you get laid off in a, in a time like this, like what are the, that's random. I know it wasn't even yeah, a thought yeah, yeah. for mine, but it's just something that I've been, I've been mulling over in thoughts. So what do you think about that? So I have two opinions and trains of thoughts. One, what should be the case. And then one, what could be the case based on current state. So starting with what I think is something to keep in mind, I, in my personal opinion, I 100% think there's so many trade schools out there and coding camps and like functionally specific educational programs that are so much more valuable than a generic degree, for example. Cause like for like for me, I like I just got a bachelor's degree. And yes, I think uh I learned a lot of skills that support me in my job today, but by no means was it specific to technology, recruiting, or media. And so so I think it it will depend on your circumstance and what job you're going after. I do think um, there's a lot of like master's programs and, and um, pro like educational programs out there that um, varying levels of degrees that can benefit you perhaps more in a leadership role or leadership capacity. Um, but I will also take into account and that by no means do I necessarily agree with this? There's so many organizations out there where you do still see a degree requirement on their job description. That's the reality of the world that we live in today. I think a lot of organizations are rethinking that approach and you'll often see a degree and or relevant experience, but then there are still a fair amount of um functions out there in the data space or in specific spectrums of technology where you do oftentimes see the degree requirement. So one, I do think it depends on your circumstance, the role that you're in, the function of the lane that you're in within technology and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, I, I do lean more towards like specific functionally aligned development programs though like i said whether it like in my if you're a software engineer i would that depending on the program i without a doubt think a coding camp is going to be more beneficial to you than going getting your bachelor's degree um i'm not a software engineer so if anyone has data-based stats to to refute my claim send them my way but um I would lean more towards the side and recommend more towards the side of look, depending on, again, depending on your, your lane and what you're looking for, like technically functionally specific education rather than a generic degree. Do you agree or disagree? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I agree. I, so I think, so my, my tagline would be if you weren't going to get it anyway, don't get it because you got laid off. Mm. Okay. If you wanted to get it anyway, and we're actually going to have a guest who's going to talk about like an MBA in tech and what that looks like. Um, Mm. And so that's something we can discuss. But in general, if it's not something you were going to get no matter what, then you shouldn't get it because you get laid off. And I think mainly because one, this is your, this is your rebound. It's probably a bad idea. And the second one is if you're getting a master's, that's a whole bunch of money. 
right? You're like, you're yeah. spending a bunch of money. And I love what you said about um, coding camps, right? So I think personally that if you're already in tech, if you're already a software engineer, don't get, don't go to the coding camp for the certification or the piece of paper, get it for the experience. Go in there so that at your next job, even if like, let's say you're transitioning into, um, you're going, and this is a totally example, but let's say you're transitioning into like Salesforce, right? Um, and you're, you're not a Salesforce developer, but you got a Salesforce development certification or you learned how to do Salesforce development, lightning, whatnot. The thing is, it's not that you're going to use that certification to get a job. You might, but it's very unlikely that just that certification is going to get you your next gig, especially if you're pivoting from one thing to another. What it will do is if you go to a place that something in Salesforce, like they have a Salesforce environment, but it's very junior, you can raise your hand and spend 20% of your time in that environment and help out, right? Then you can shine and you can work more towards it. You want to use these courses to expose yourself to new things. Yes, sometimes the actual certification will boost you up, right? There's very many times that are very senior level certifications that are like, oh my gosh, there's only like 45 of these people in the, in North America. Those exist. Those are great. But if you're, I'm speaking to people who are a little bit more on the junior side where maybe you know how to do certain things, but you're still needing that exposure. Well, guess what? If you do those coding courses and you go to a company that's a little bit smaller and maybe needs some help, you can raise your hand confidently and be like, oh, I, I do know how to work on this. I, I did a course on it. Um, or you can, again, you can volunteer and you can volunteer somewhere where they have a, a version of it. You know, there's, there's different versions of these technologies um, and you can help out. So I think you definitely want to sharpen your ax as much as possible during the time that you're laid off, whatever you need to do. Um, you know, and again, getting certifications during that time off, that also shows, uh, employers, even if you're not working for a long time, that you are very much upward mobile. And it's very, mm -hmm. it's something that they will value, even if it's not a direct one-to-one -one valuation. Like I said, you're never going to get, I don't think you're ever going to get a job just because you got a certification, but that certification will tip the scale in, scales in your favor if they're, if they need that extra oomph factor. Um, so for sure. But yeah, master's degrees, I think that they can be great. Wonderful. Schooling is cool, but I think you need to do it for the right reasons. Um, like if you're going to go and you're going to get a master's degree in engineering, don't do it just to get the degree. I hope you had a thought process beforehand. Uh, same thing with an MBA. You shouldn't do it just because there's a lull and you're like, I need to do something because unless yeah. you have that time on your hands and the extra cash. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, for sure. And again, if you just want it for yourself, that's fine too. But my, my whole point becomes don't do it because you got laid off. Cause there mm -hmm. are people that do that. Um, even outside of recession time or outside of mass time, some people get laid off um, for whatever reason. And they're like, all right, well, I'm gonna go get another degree. I'm just going to mm -hmm. go do that. And it's like, you know, you're at a point where you have more degrees than a thermometer and you're not, it's not helping your job anymore. <laughs> right. So um, yeah, that was the, I agree with you is my, that was my long way of saying that frame. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> Um, anything else we missed? Um, I think when it comes to, I, I think I want to circle back really quickly, not to dwell on it, but you talked about, um, your support systems. I, I do want to say many times, oftentimes we suffer in silence. Some people more than others, that's not in their DNA to like talk about how they feel or if they're feeling helpless or if they're feeling shitty. Um, and keeping that bottled up is not healthy and it's very stressful. And like the more responsibilities that you have, the more you don't want to let that out, but you need to have a support system and LinkedIn is fine and dandy, but you need to have one or two people at least um, that you can just go and just tell them that the world is not okay for you right now. Um, and, and I'm not just saying that from a kumbaya perspective. I mean, if you want to be effective in your job search and you want to not come off whatever desperate, or you don't want to come off need, you know, like you don't want to come off that way because even employers, like if they see someone that's flight thought again, yeah, well, in, if I'm a hiring manager and I see this guy's like, this person is super desperate for this job. Like that's not, I don't want to say that's not attractive, but it's like, yeah, but like, are they, do they just, do they really want the job or are they going to get the job just to pay their bills and then they're going to leave? Now, again, earlier I talked about it, that you might need to take a job that's not a part of your career, 
And that's me from this perspective, but you also need to be empathetic towards the person in front of you in terms of the hiring manager. They want someone nine times out of 10, they want, unless it's a contract, they want someone long-term. Uh, and I'm not saying don't be honest, but at this, you know, you, you, you got to do what's right for you, right? Mm -hmm. You really have to do what's right for you. So you want to make sure that when you go into an interview, you kick ass. The way you do that is by mentally being prepared for it, which means some of these feelings that you're having, if you don't get them out to your friends, you're going to, you're going to, they're going to see it in the interview and it's not going to be good for you. Right. Um, yeah, that was, that, that's just me being honest. I don't know if that's politically incorrect. Uh, but I just think that, you know, you want to, when you go into an interview, you want to show the best version of yourself. Yeah. I think that's a really healthy perspective. Like for, I think obviously depending on circumstances, everyone's, um, situations will be different in terms of how much time they can spend doing that and the luxury of doing that. But I, I like, no matter, no matter your circumstance, I 100% echo and emphasize that feeling your feelings, processing the emotions tied to being laid off are really important for your overall well being and being able to move forward. Um, so I think wrapping up and summarizing everything we talked about today. It's a crazy time. Um, there's still a lot of layoffs happening across the industry. If you are someone who has been laid off, like, please, 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 as Shuba was just reiterating, take care of yourself, take time to process, lean into your tribe and lean on people to support you during that time. And as you process those emotions, and then once you've, once you've gone through that stage, make a plan, think through what your goals are, what you need to accomplish, what your responsibilities are, and then make a plan based on that. Keep in mind the thought of having or needing to flex, whether it's by industry um, or function. Think about upskilling areas where you can upskill, whether it's a training or a course. Um, maybe you need to redo your resume and then hit the ground running. It will get better as Shuba said too, it's, it's a cyclical market. The economy is cyclical. It will get better. Um, so keep that in mind. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. If anyone wants to share experiences, um, with us in the comments, as you listen to this episode, please do. If anyone has feedback or advice for people who have been impacted, please share. Um, we definitely want to cultivate this community too. Um, give you a space to share, but also for, for everyone listening to support um, if you have feedback or words of advice. So thank you all for joining. Yep. And remember, you can comment on YouTube. You can comment on our socials. If there's anything we missed, if you have questions and you got laid off and you have questions, hit our social media. We will, heck, we'll do another episode if we have to. But uh, yeah, with that, sincerely, Fran and Shuba.